Are you a woman? Do you love free porn? Do you love free erotic stories? Do you love free articles about women's issues? Well, then you are going to love my sponsor's website, Belessa.co. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O. They have free erotic stories, free erotic movies, and as I mentioned, some really interesting articles such as five ways to meet someone that doesn't involve dating apps, five things men should avoid on a first date with a bisexual woman. I guess that article is more for men than women. And why penis shaming is 100% a form of body shaming and why you should not do it. And I am going to agree with you because pleasure comes in all shapes and sizes. So definitely go and visit my sponsors, Belessa.co. And thank you so much for supporting my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O. Are you a photographer, either amateur or professional, who've always dreamed of shooting beautiful nude Playboy models? Then you are in luck, my friend, because I am hosting my next photography workshop June 16th through the 18th here in Los Angeles. My model is going to be the beautiful Playboy Plus Cyber Girl of the Month, Bailey Rain. And I'm going to have a mix of small group workshops and private one-on-one sessions. So make sure that you go and visit hollyrandallworkshops.com and sign up. We have so much fun on these shoots and I can guarantee you the most beautiful images of naked women in your portfolio that you will ever have. So please come join us. You will have a blast and you will learn a lot. That's hollyrandallworkshops.com. I hope to see you guys there. Today, my guest on Holly Randall Unfiltered is the beautiful Olive Glass. Olive is relatively new to the industry. She did have a stint in it a few years ago, vanished for a while, and has recently come back. But she's already become very, very popular in a short amount of time. She's a very bright, funny girl with a lot of things going for her. So I'm excited to get to know her. So let's introduce Olive Glass on Holly Randall Unfiltered. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Today I have Olive Glass here in the studio. Thank you so much for coming, Olive. How are you? I am so good. I've been so excited to be on the show with you. I know. I'm excited to have you. I've actually had quite a few people um, request to have you on. And then when I said I was having you on, um, people got really excited. So you have like a pretty, you have a pretty like strong, loyal fan base. I mean, I notice like, you know, when I say certain people are coming on, I get, sometimes I get a reaction, sometimes I don't. But there was a lot of people who were like really excited to have you on. Oh, good. Well, I love doing podcasts with awesome human beings. So. Here we Lucky are. you. Yeah. And yeah, ever since we shot together, I was just like, she's like cool, like really cool. Thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. so we have, uh, full disclosure, we've only worked together once. Well, one for one project, but multiple days. You were like on set for like three or four Didn't, days. No, we did that one for. Um, oh, wait, we did the ghost one. Remember the ghost thing? Oh my God, yes. The ghost How horn. I forget? That was the best one ever when you made all those amazing expressions. When I had to hide. So uh, I'm supposed to be hiding oh. from a ghost under this girl's skirt. Yes. And we were taking photos and I'm just like, oh. Like making oh, the most so like, good. ridiculous So it was a scene that we shot for Twisties, and it mm-hmm. was you and Alana Cruz, and it's called like Paranormal Pussy, I think, is yeah, the name of the that scene. Yeah, good memory. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember that. I was oh, just like... I have to read the scripts, right. which I don't do until I get to set, but don't tell anyone that. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no. So it was. Uh, it, you were just so funny because you know they. You had to. So basically, she was scared that there were ghosts in her house, and Alana was a paranormal investigator, and she comes over, and of course, like we didn't really have it like in the budget to get like an actual like paranormal ghost <laughs> oh investigator God, equipment. So we used the light meter. <laughs> <laughs> to make it look like, but it could, I mean, it, honestly, if you didn't know what a light meter looked like, it looked like it could be like a 
a, a ghost detector. It was convincing. It was convincing. I feel like it was convincing. Yeah. So anyways, so, um, and Alana, uh, Alana, and Olive had to pretend like she was really scared and she was like hiding between Alana's <laughs> legs and just like her expressions were like so over the top. It was so funny. And you were just like, you were like egging me on. You're like, more, more, more expression. More, more. I, and I was like, I can go more. Like. And I was like, I could not stop laughing. I was just like, oh my God, that was, that was a really fun scene to shoot. Yeah. And then we shot for Digital Playground. We shot Couples Vacation. That was that first one. Yeah, it that was, was actually like, one of my first shoots back in the industry. Yeah. And like one of my first shoots ever, really. And um Was it one of you, was it like your first feature movie? Yeah. Okay. No, wait, no, I had been in one when I was like I went through this like stint of doing porn when I was like twenty one for like mm-hmm. six months and then I'd like like left for years and right. um and so I did the um I did uh oh my god, Grease Triple X. Okay. So I did that years ago and then this was my first feature okay. now. And it was like it felt like my first one though, you know. It was like it was so fresh, and yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it was an amazing time. It was it was it was fun. It was this whole thing about like all these couples who are dysfunctional. They all come to this retreat that's being run by Brittany Amber, Mm -hmm. and um, they all you know try to like work out their um, relationships. But of course, they end up fucking everybody else. And um, but the funny the 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 funniest thing about that whole movie was the direction. Um, from digital where they didn't want anyone to have sex on anything comfortable. So they were very specific. <laughs> they were like, no beds, no couches. So like sex was in the bathroom, like on the bathroom counter, on the kitchen counter, like in, like, in super uncomfortable places. Yeah. Um, I think your two scenes were outside on a tree and a rock. Yes. And then inside a foursome on a kitchen counter. On a kitchen counter. I feel like... I mean, obviously Danny and uh, Danny Mountain and I had yeah. like a great scene on yeah. the rock and with the tree, but yeah. I was just like, honestly... I don't know how he was doing it. He was like working so hard. He was like holding me up on this rock in the sun. Well, mostly in the sun. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, it's times like that when you really like appreciate the guys. And I always, Mm -hmm. I say this all the time, like the guys are so intricate, integral to the scene. And it's like, it's so important. And people don't recognize that like a strong male performer is everything. Well, that's why you see the same male performers so often. It's because like when you find somebody who is like clicks and works really well Mm -hmm. and gets the job done and it's also good with the the women. Why because you, it's like, such a difficult thing to do. Yeah, you know, all those different factors have yes. to line up. Exactly. So yeah, so that was that was funny. But I get it. Like you know, they're looking for um, you know ad moments that sell, and apparently. Um, a lot of times what sells is sex in like unusual situations yeah. and like different environments. So, but it was just kind of funny sense. when I read that. I'm like, oh, the, the performers are going to be thrilled about this. But hey, yeah. that's why you guys are professionals, right? <laughs> we, we do it. We, we, get, we just get to it. We have fun. I mean, honestly, the countertop um, scene was somewhat awkward, but it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And it was my first time working with Mia Malkova. Yeah, and, I, and like, there's nobody who doesn't love Mia Malkova. Yeah, I like before I got into porn, I was like hoping that like, when I got into porn that yeah. I could work with her. So yeah. that was cool. So tell me about getting into porn because you, as you said, mentioned you got in, you were in it for a little bit and then you vanished and then you came back. Right. So how did that um, all unfold? So we were talking um, before the show started just like a, for a brief second about me being Mormon as a kid and when I was growing up. And so I just had a lot of like, um, a lot of difficulty deciding between what I love doing and what I was told I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so when I was like in my early twenties, I started modeling, um, mm-hmm. all around, the country, and then um, progressively all around the world, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, was that an issue at all for your family? Yeah, or? that was already an issue, and okay. I was doing mostly like art and fashion stuff. So okay. that was already an issue, but I was like, I'm just going to do it. And then I started, um, in that period of time, I signed with my agency, um, kind of like on a whim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm really glad I did because uh, my agency is ATMLA, and they're mm-hmm. amazing. And um, so I started doing some porn, and then I was like, I just it got into my head like with what my family was saying and what I was doing and I was trying to keep it secret and I was like you know I if you do something like porn personally in my life I don't feel like you should have to hide it and right. try to feel good about it you should just feel good about it it should be right. organic in your life right so I just stopped doing it and then did modeling normal modeling mm-hmm. for like almost a decade what gave what gave you what what was your decision to like go into porn like why did you make that initial decision. Um, well, most recently it was because, um, I like love doing fetish work and Mm -hmm. I love like exploring sexual psychology and I just love sex in general. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was still 
like when I when I started like a year and a half ago, um, I was still kind of like on the fence of like, should I do this? Will this ruin my like mainstream reputation? Mm-hmm. And then Trump got elected, <laughs> and I was like, I am not worried about my reputation anymore. Right? Like our president should be worried about his reputation. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about this anymore. It's so funny. It's like that whole thing kind of changed the dynamic where everyone's like, well, you can now you can't run for president. Now it's like, well, I guess now anybody can run for president. Like literally so. anybody. Yeah. Like, so I'm. I mean, maybe in a way we. We should thank him for that? I don't know. Yeah, well, he's the one who kind of jet-started my porn career in a really weird roundabout way. So then we do have something to thank Donald Trump for. Yeah. So there you go. There's your silver lining. If it yeah. wasn't for Donald Trump, then you may not be sitting here in front of me yeah, today. Yeah, I was like, you know, if our president hates women so much, then maybe we need more positive women role models in the sex industry. I mean, mm-hmm. we have so many already, but we need more of them. There's, there's, you can never have enough. Exactly. You know? so. Because, I mean, obviously, too, there's, I, there isn't enough. There's never enough. And... Oftentimes, when the mainstream media is looking at the porn industry, they're usually picking off those girls who aren't the strong right. woman that we want to look at. You know, they, yeah. they look at the, they pick on the the more weak and defenseless because it's a it's a juicier story. It's easier, it's yeah, easier to bully, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I was like, you know, I already had um, a lot of modeling uh, work under my under my belt, and I feel like I have a enough of a following that follows me for my art stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, guys, guess what I do now as well as all this art stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be separate. Mm -hmm. Let's combine it all and have a happy little porn party. (laughs) And you're happy with your decision? uh, Very happy. And then how about, how how are things with your family? They're good. Um, It was funny because... They, I didn't keep any secrets. I let them know I was, you know, doing porn Mm -hmm. when they asked. And um, they were like, okay, well, you know... You're an adult woman. You can make your own decisions. And then I uh, was on the cover of Penthouse. Mm-hmm. And my parents were so proud of me. And they were just like, really? Like, oh, my God. They just really, uh, this, they were like, this is so legit. Like, we had no idea. And I was like, yeah. this Because they probably had this idea that you were doing this really seedy underground stuff on, like, in someone's mattresses. basement. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly, I think, their fears. They knew mm-hmm. that I'm like a pretty responsible human being and right. like safe, but I think that was their fear was like I was doing like the grimiest shit possible. Right. And um yeah, I mean sometimes it's supposed to look like that, but that's not what it is. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and um and so when I got the cover of Penthouse, they're like, Oh, you have a career. Like, yeah. okay. So now they're like completely supportive. And it's awesome. It's really nice having the backing of like family members. Yeah, because I know that that's you. a lot of that's something that a, a lot of girls struggle with. It makes it very oh hard. God. They come into the industry and then they lose their family, they lose their friends, and then yeah. they feel very isolated. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, that's very difficult. So I'm really super grateful that I have people supporting me in yeah. my decisions. What is um, your favorite thing about po- being in the porn industry, and what's your least favorite thing about being in the porn industry? Hmm. Um, my favorite thing about being in the porn industry, gosh, that's such a hard question because there's so many favorite things. Um, I love that it's motivated me in a lot of different platforms, Mm -hmm. um, with, uh, I mean, I love being on set. Okay. Let's start there. Actually. I love being on set. If I could be on a set, like every week, all the time, like it's my favorite place to be. It makes me feel really good. I love doing things. I'm super task oriented Mm -hmm. and I love acting and like sex and um, creating stuff. And then secondly, I love that the platform that it's motivated me to take on uh, activism and um, like like sex education. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like really getting me out there and talking to people. And um, l- I'm learning a lot of new things about the world and, and the sex industry. And I don't know. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah <laughs> okay, I think yeah. so. Absolutely. Cool, yeah. And then my least favorite thing... Um, when you, this is like so trivial, <laughs> but when you get to set and like the only snacks that they have are like, like Hershey kisses and coffee and you're like, great, I'm going to be like a wilted, like weed by the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not my favorite. And also, um, usually to get to the locations, I don't have a car yet, so I have to take Ubers and the, and the locations are like at the top of a mountain in the Bermuda Triangle. So <laughs> yeah, like- that's about, that's about right. I'm actually shooting somewhere tomorrow where I was like, I was like, Libby, I'm like, we need to send everybody a picture of the driveway so they can find the house. I have so many Uber drivers, I think, that were convinced I was trying to like lure them to a spot to rob them like (laughs) literally like taking these weird winding trails up to like god knows where and 
there's like a huge gate with a driveway, and they're just like, "Do you want me to go up there?" Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't want to walk. The worst in. thing is trying to get picked up from those places. Yeah, forget it. They won't come get you, especially if like you finish late and it's late at night. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's so that's it's definitely adventure trying to get the Uber drivers to do the thing you want them to do. Right, but um, it's not my favorite part of the job for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so speaking of activism, I want to go back to that because I know that you are um, working on a fundraiser for survivors against SESTA, right? Yes, I am. So can you explain a little bit more about that? And can you actually explain for our listeners what SESTA is? Because yeah. a lot of people don't know. This is kind of like a new thing. Absolutely. I wish I was a little bit more eloquent um, in describing this, so you're going to have to bear with me here. Um, so SESTA is a bill that has passed t- to um, <laughs> to basically rid the internet of platforms that would um, help the like sex trafficking industry. So mm-hmm. places like Backpage and even places like Twitter, um, anywhere that a sex worker could sell um, her product or that somebody could basically like, like a sex trafficker could mm-hmm. work off of mm-hmm. the platform. But the problem with that is that by removing places like Backpage and removing places where sex workers can um, have forums to talk to each other and to talk to their clients um, in kind of like a middleman, um, Mm -hmm. by removing those platforms online, you're actually dragging the entire sex industry down into this like deep, dark, secretive hole where sex trafficking can be more prolific than it ever was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not... Because people don't have these platforms to be able to like share this information yeah. on and like advertise. We can't talk. Yes. We can't talk to each right. other anymore. And so there's already people who, um, like the women who, like do more of client calls and escorting work. Mm-hmm. There's women disappearing already, and it's it's terrifying. And so um, Survivors Against SESTA is an organization of women who have um, just rallied together to try to bring this bill down and. Um, which is really amazing. Do you know who Susie Q is? Yes. Yeah, she's a performer in the industry, and she's doing amazing things for that as well. And um, she's writing articles and getting the word out and educating people on why SESTA FOSTA is actually a terrible bill mm-hmm. that's only going to increase sex trafficking mm-hmm. um, and also be incredibly dangerous for anybody who currently works in the sex industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this fundraiser that is uh, it's called Lunch for a Change. Mm-hmm. And basically you... Um, you send at least ten dollars to Survivor, excuse me, Survivors Against SESTA, um, or you can do it to um, Ceasefire USA, which is f- for gun control and gun laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you send me the receipt, and your name is put into a raffle. And on June thirty first, I think that's the right day, thirty first, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to pull a name and. I picked a really fun spot in LA to go get lunch and I'm going to take um, the winner to lunch and it's going to be a great time. So oh, cool. Yeah. And I've already had like a bunch of people um, send me receipts for the raffle and it's going really well. So if anybody is interested, um, you can go to my website at officialglassolive.com and check out Lunch for a Change and be part of this initiative. So. Awesome. Yeah. Lunch with Olive for a good cause. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of the whole 2257 law when that came around. Mm-hmm. And that was same kind of thing where, um, you know, it was supposed to prevent sex trafficking where they don't allow women to or people to shoot sexually explicit material in the United States unless they have a government issued ID. So they have to either be an American citizen or they have to have like a working visa or, and it never or something like that. So basically the only thing that it did is it prevented foreign models from being able to come over here and work or they're going and they're getting like IDs through like they're not doing some necessarily like- the most legal yeah. Route. Um, and it hasn't prevented sex trafficking at all. No, not whatsoever. No, not at all. It's like, just made it like impossible for like people to come over here and work in other countries. Yeah. And it, just by criminalizing the sex industry is not going to change anything. Right. It's just going to make it worse. Like Do you feel that prostitution should be legal? Yeah. I, I do. do too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it sh- if it was legalized, then we could start working on the issues that are actually present with like um because it's criminalized, prostitution has a lot more um, aptitude for disease and is aptitude the right word? Whatever. You get you get diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, 
the problem with um, the sex trafficking in general because mm-hmm. of that. And if it was legalized, then I think and we can monitor it. Against women too. Violence because against women. If like a woman's going to get you know attacked or raped on a date, she's not going to go to the police. No, because they'll just say, "Well, what were you expecting?" Yeah, and you're they're, you're like admitting to engaging in illegal activity. And yeah, wanna, yeah. So and women are never. Yeah, they're not going to go to the police. So. No. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, it's as my mother says, it's the oldest profession in the world. Exactly. And I personally don't think the government can tell you what you can do with your body, but that's just uh, my opinion. Well, they actually can't. <laughs> they can't tell you what to do with it. They can just punish you if you do the thing they don't want you to do. So, mm. which is like needs to change. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on to um, happier. Thoughts. Uh, you were recently. You recently went to the North Pole, right? Yeah. So I yeah. saw your. I saw some of your pictures and stuff on Instagram, and you went like dog sledding. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think you took a selfie, and you were like, "This was like an incredibly hard selfie to take because like you couldn't unwrap your face for more than yeah. like, a couple seconds because your face like instantly started to freeze. My eyelashes were all like white. How like, cold is it there? Negative thirty degrees. What? Yeah, it was really really cold. How many layers did you wear? Um, well, it was actually quite an adventure getting dressed every single morning I can before we left. So we had um, Arctic weather everything. Right. And I was wearing five layers, but each layer was progressively thicker. Uh-huh. And so I was joking did with... Did you just feel like a marshmallow? Yeah. Well, that's, I kept telling like the uh, the tour guide, I was like, look, I'm a marshmallow. And he's been there long enough that he didn't really even... It just like went right over his head. And he's like... He's like French. And he's like, why would you call yourself a marshmallow? <laughs> I was like, well, because I'm... Puffy, never mind, let's just go. Let's just do the thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was wearing like, I don't know, like a good foot worth of clothing on my body, not counting my boots and my giant gloves and like five hats with a scarf wrapped around it. Like, have you ever seen um, the American Christmas Story? Uh, a no. Christmas tale or something? A, a Christmas Story. I tried to watch, no. Yeah. I tried to watch it later. I'd never watched it when I was a kid. No. Well, when you watch it, Watch for Actually, this, no, like, I think I know what you're talking about. Is it the beginning when they like dress him up to go outside? Yeah, and he can't yeah. put his arms down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't put my arms down. <laughs> like I'm not all the way. <laughs> so that no, was cool. But when you were outside in that negative degree weather with all those layers on, do you feel warm? Mm. Or do you still feel cold? I felt Just like, like you don't like how we do in this room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so like fine. Yeah, I was fine. I wasn't too hot, I wasn't too cold. Um, which I thought was funny because like it just seems under the circumstances, like, I don't know, it was such extreme temperatures outside, and then how much I was wearing, I felt like I should be boiling. And yeah. I was like, fine, just yeah. normal. Except for my feet would get really cold. One of the girls almost got frostbite, so we had to stop for the night one night. Oh, wow. Yeah. So were you like, conti- so were you going on some dog sledding trip where you were like traveling constantly? Yeah. So uh, uh, there was myself and the tour guide, and then this like father daughter pair mm-hmm. that were really sweet. Um, and we went out on two sledges. And so wait, did you go by yourself? Um, the tour guide sat on my sledge. But you went on this whole trip by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do one big trip a year solo for myself. That's awesome. I, you know what? Honestly, I, I love traveling alone. It's great, I right? went to Yeah. I went to Bali um, a couple Ooh. of years ago um, to go visit my friend Cassandra Keys, who's usually out there in the, in the summer. And I went there by myself. And I only saw her like one day. I was only there for five days. But it was so nice. Like, I got up yeah. every morning. And I walked down to the yoga studio. And I'd do yoga. And then I'd do meditation. Yeah. And then I'd like go have lunch on the beach. And then I'd like hang out by the pool. And then I'd take a nap. It was just like awesome. I could do whatever I wanted to do. I love so good. Solo. Yeah. You make your own rules. Yep. And yeah, there's just like, yeah. you're just there for yourself and I whatever you like to do. <laughs> I love that. So anyway, so go on. Um, so yeah, so we were on our sledges. And we... Um, we went from the main city, which is Longyearbyen, mm-hmm. uh, which is spelled like Longyear Bayan. <laughs> and um, then we went to kind of like the middle, almost to the East Coast, which okay. is where like it looks like they filmed the Titanic when mm-hmm. it sank by the mm-hmm. icebergs. Like it's really just a lot of icebergs, a lot more polar bears out that way because mm-hmm. there's like more fish and stuff. Did um, you see polar bears? Like I didn't. Oh, it's sad. Which is actually a good thing, but I was kind of hoping I would. Yeah. So. Um, and we would stop along every night uh, and stay at these little cabins that were, like, maybe as big as this room. And there was, like, no electricity, so there would always be, like, reindeer antler chandeliers and, like, a coal fire. Because it was, like, there was a Russian, Russian coal mining place nearby. Uh-huh. 
And so we'd like start a fire and my um, tour guide was like, and if the fire goes out, it can't go out, we could die. Like, okay. Oh my God. All right. And we just slept in all of our gear. I felt so grimy by the end of it, but it was, it was worth it. Yeah. I was like, did you take showers at all? There were no showers. And if we um, wanted to go to the outhouse at night. There were you to go outside. We had to go outside, and so oh, at one no. point the coal fire made the made the cabin really really hot. So I took off most of my layers, and um, I had to go out. And I was like, okay, I've got to go. But I, I had to wake up the tour guide because he had to get the rifle because we can't go outside by ourselves without a rifle because of the polar bears. Jesus, so I was like, like okay, so I'm like, I'm just gonna run out there and go pee, and I might freeze to death. Your pee's gonna like freeze in midair. Yeah, that's actually what I was worried about. I was like, what if it like freezes into my yeah, body? Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, does that happen? I don't know. So I still don't, it didn't happen to me. So that was good. And so I woke him up and I ran out and he was like, basically, he's like, stop being a baby. Like, this guy is like a mountain man. Yeah. Basically. And um, he's like 27 years old and he knows more about nature than I ever will. <laughs> and uh, And so he's like, just go, just go. I'll be right here. And so I, like, ran outside and was just, like, clouds of uh, steam from my mouth. And, yeah, it was fun. How was a good week. Wait, but the outhouse isn't warm. No, no, it's outside. Like So, like... It's a standalone outhouse in most of these places wait, that you run to. How do you... Your pee... Like, can, you can go in that extreme cold? Yeah, it's just kind of like, um... Like, a lot of steam happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, steaming your vagina. I know. I was like, this is. I was like sitting and peeing, and I was like, I can't tell if this is gross, but I'm just like happy to be peeing right now, so it's fine. But like, just like, wow, steam coming from everywhere. That's insane. Yeah. Part of the reason I went is because I have. Oh, I had this like really deep seated fear of um, extremely cold temperatures, Mm. and um, so that's part of the reason I went to try to overcome that. And I was like, okay, so my pee isn't going to freeze into an icicle into my body and kill me. Okay, so that's not scary anymore. <laughs> so that's interesting. So you win it as kind of like a fear conquering exercise. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you yeah. find that you, because you say you take these trips like once a year? That's why I do it. Do, like, you, do you try to um, tackle some kind mm-hmm. of personal challenge on all of those? Yep. So what was last year? Uh, last year I went on a trip from um, LA to. Scotland and took the. This was my fear of being alone in new cities mm-hmm. that I have always been afraid of getting lost and mm-hmm. something. So I went across Europe, okay, <laughs> and all to all these new cities. And I took the train from Glasgow or from Nottingham to Glasgow, and then Glasgow to Inverness, and then Inverness. I stayed in this tiny, broken down little castle in the middle of nowhere in um, Grattan and Spey mm-hmm. for a week. And um, I learned how to spin wool. <laughs> wow. I was just there by myself, and I got there, and I was like, I'm like three miles walking from any town, and I'm in this like old castle. What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> and, and then I found that I'm, you know, I survived, so it was fine. Scotland's amazing. I've been there. Yeah. Um, actually, I, it's so funny that you should say that, because I went to, when I went to Scotland, I was also going on like this journey of self-discovery, right? I um, had just turned 30. Um, I had been like sober for a year and a half, and I was invited to speak on a panel in Manchester, England, um, about the internet and uh, adult and then I was like, well, I'm going to go to Scotland for like two weeks by myself. And I'm going to like travel the highlands and write poetry mm-hmm. and like learn about myself and like what I want to do with my life, blah, blah, blah. I met my future ex-husband no. <laughs> there and he invited himself <laughs> on his trip with me. So what meant to be a journey of self-discovery ended up like my husband came with wow. me and then we fell in love and then we got married and then we got divorced. But anyways. Um, That's still romantic anyway. It was. Like, it, was a, yeah. it was honestly a Good great story. trip. And Scotland is so beautiful. So we did, um, we did Nottingham to because uh, I went to no I went to Nottingham at the end. Did you go to Yield because that's to where Jerusalem? he lived? The bar. Yes. Oh my god. The one that's built that. into the um, the side of the cliff. Uh, the castle. Yeah. Then the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oldest pub, the oldest in, pub England. In, the, in England. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. I've been there. Cool. Yeah, because his family. Um, that's where he grew up. Was Nottingham. Oh, cool. And then my aunt actually ran a prestigious uh, children's private school out there too. Oh. So I have nice. family out there. But um, I also went to Inverness. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Um, Edinburgh, and then um, God, I 
forgot where else we went. But did you find that the further north you got in Scotland, like the more and more difficult it was to understand people? Oh yeah. I got to a point where like I was like, "Are you speaking English?" Like it was, I could not. I it, I had to write stuff down. Yeah. And like hand it to them. Like I could. The hotel. <laughs> they probably thought you were so funny too. <laughs> I couldn't understand a word they were saying. Well, also the, a lot of their sayings are so different. Yes. So it's like they're they are technically speaking English, but. Are they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> are right? they really? <laughs> I know. I know. It's the accent and, mm-hmm. and the and the words that they say. And did you have any haggis while you're out there? Oh my god, I was just about to say that. I went to Inverness on my way back to uh, Glasgow. Glasgow. Am I saying that right? Glasgow. Whatever. And I had haggis at this like weird little restaurant, and it was so good. I found like, mine to be kind of meh. Yeah, but I think I had it at, like some cabin. Like I don't. I don't know if it was. The quality of the food in general is very good. Right. Haggis is, now, it's sheep's intestines. It's so gross. (laughs) Filled with, what is it again? It's intestines. It's like intestines filled, it's, so it's like if you turned a sheep inside out then cooked it is what I could gather. Yeah, okay. That with like spices. Yeah. So it's actually like horrific. Yeah, it's pretty gross if you think about what it actually is. Yeah, and it's like chopped up liver inside of a sack of something else inside of another. And I was like, okay, I'm in Scotland. You got it. You got to eat the nice. haggis. They gave it to me with um, like a whiskey mustard sauce. Hmm. It was so good. I had seconds. Wow. Yeah, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, now you are also uh, trained to get your pilot's license. I am. So yeah. how did that whole thing come about? Is that another one of your like challenges where you had fear of heights and yeah. you decided to really? It is. Wow. Yeah. You were like all about conquering your fears, aren't you? That's <laughs> yeah. kind of amazing. Most of us like run screaming the other direction, but Yeah, well one thing I love about um being in this industry is that I um I've, I'm really adventurous mm-hmm. and I've never really had the funds to be very adventurous. Mm. And this gives me the potential to explore all of these things. So last year was um Svalbard, mm-hmm. and then the year before that was Scotland. The year before that was like a hot air balloon ride. Mm-hmm. That was that was my first year doing it. Mm-hmm. And this year I was like, it takes about um, six months to get your private pilot's license, mm-hmm. and um, I'm giving myself a year. But so this year um, I'm getting my private pilot's license. So that's amazing. Yeah, I'm so really excited. What was the no? What was it like the first time like you flew a plane? Like what was the feeling like? Um, exhilarating, and I don't really know how to exactly describe it. It was, like, a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. I actually have a funny story. So uh, my instructor was like, so, you know, flying, like, a Piper Cherokee, this little plane that I fly, he's like, it's it's really easy. It's just, like, driving a car for the most part, except for, you know, it goes, like, 1,200 feet up or whatever. Yeah, and, and um, significantly faster. Significantly faster but what he doesn't know is i've never had a driver's license and i've never learned how to drive a car and i was like yeah that'll be fine just like driving a car which i know how to do i've always known how to do that <laughs> like so uh he didn't know i didn't know how to drive a car but do you know how to drive a car now have you learned yet so you can fly a plane <laughs> but you can't drive a car that's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting my, my pilot's license before I get my driver's license, which is like well, maybe, maybe you a little. Fly to set. If the Uber driver can't find it, just yeah, fly there. That's I'm fine. just going to actually. No, I'll just drive my plane down the there highway. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That makes so much sense. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so maybe I'll just start flying my, my Piper Cherokee to work instead of. That would be that would be an impressive way to roll up to set, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah, all of us here. How did you know we're planes parked in front? Yeah, on the <laughs> massive driveway that the Uber driver doesn't want to drive up. Right. <laughs> is there anything that you want to do with that license? Like, do you want to actually be a pilot? Like, when mm-hmm. you're, is that your exit plan? As um, they say, I've been exploring my different options, and to become like a pr- commercial pilot mm-hmm. for like an airline, mm-hmm. it takes so much work that I'm not really sure I have it in me to mm-hmm. go that far. But um, uh, at my private's license. With my private pilot's license, I can do things like um, transport s- some goods and fly myself places and occasionally like um, like somebody who wants to go with me. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I have my, – my family lives on a homestead out in the desert for the mm-hmm. most part. And my aunt who runs the ranch um, that my family homesteads on, uh, she started this organization called um, Gardens for Vets. And it's basically like a, a veteran rehabilitation mm-hmm. um, like 
living area where they get their own plot of land, they can build their house, they can build their gardens and kind of live out there until they feel like they've got their feet on the ground a little better. Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult to get to and from the city uh, because it's really far out in like the middle of the desert in like Nevada, Utah. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm... I'm planning to get enough of my license that I can just fly supplies out there, mm-hmm. um, and not really. I'm not really pursuing like a job with this because um, I really like the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I think I'll probably stick to that. But mm-hmm. I think that if I'm going to be doing this, I should do something useful with it, and that would be really, really helpful for my aunt. So right, yeah. Um, so what do you think that you might want to do? Like, do you do you have a ten year plan? Do you have any idea where you might be in ten years? You know, it changes sometimes <laughs> i i kind of have that's an life, idea man. yeah like life yeah. what do they say life's what happens you. when you're making other plans yeah, yeah totally you gotta be willing to go with the flow yeah i mean i i had a plan to you know probably different now right yeah totally <laughs> yeah. when i was a, I remember when i was a kid i was like i'll meet the man of my dreams and i'm 27 and then we'll be married by 32 <laughs> and then i'll have my first kid at 33 and then i'll have my next kid at six and yeah, like, I'll, okay. I'll be 40 in September and I don't have any kids. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is totally fine. But, you know, at the time I thought that that's what I wanted. But then as you get older, you right. start to find that, like, what you thought you wanted when you were younger changes. What you want when you're younger is more like what you hear from the Taylor Swift songs mm-hmm. versus what you want when you're older, which what is you like. think you want. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about, like, the whole dynamic with, like, relationships? Like, that. Are you the kind of girl that sits around waiting for, like, a man to come rescue you? Or are you, like, what kind of, are you, like, the chaser or? You know, I just tend to be. And I'm not even, like, I don't, I don't feel like my mentality, I don't really do either sitting around or chasing people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of just, I don't know what I do. I'm really bad at dating. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. Usually, especially in um, Los Angeles, it seems like men react better to you talking to them first Mm -hmm. like so I usually end up being the person that's like hey like you look Mm -hmm. cool do you want to go get a drink sometime yeah that whole thing um but yeah I mean I would love to like find some sort of partner eventually that's kind of down with my lifestyle of needing a lot of space and adventure and alone time Mm -hmm. as well as like having like I like people who do things as well Mm -hmm. so I guess like that makes sense. And I mean, it sounds like you keep yourself pretty fucking busy. Really fucking busy. Yeah. So I'm like, I need somebody who's okay with that, not threatened with that, which I'm sure you've experienced. It's like really easy to yeah. threaten people with a decent amount of intellect or doing things or something. I don't know what it I, is. I don't know what that's Strong like. Strong women can be scary to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so I just like somebody who's down with that and can also hold up their own. Have you found that it's been hard to date since you've gotten into the adult industry, or do you yeah. find that it's hard to date in general? Is it? It's gotten harder, harder to date since I got into the adult industry. I think people really like. Uh, I think I date men, so it seems like they are really interested in the novelty of it at first, mm-hmm. and then they realize that they can't actually like handle that. Right. Which to me is really weird because one of my first boyfriends was a, in porn. He did like porn up in in Portland. It never bothered me. And I was, like, super, like, I mean, I wasn't, like, super conservative, but I was also not in the industry. And I was, Mm -hmm. like, but I was just, like, just communicate and we're going to be fine. Right. And that was never a problem. It was never really an issue. So I guess I can't really empathize with men who can't handle it. I'm, like, okay, then I'm not, we're not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's ultimately an insecurity thing. Yeah. Which is understandable because, you know, not everybody can handle the idea of their significant other having sex with other people. Right. Especially for other people to see them having sex with other people. Mm-hmm. And if the other guy's got a really big dick and maybe you don't and you've got hang-ups about that. Right. There's you like have to so be really many, secure. Yeah. There's like so many issues that can like pop up about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's got to that's be tough. Yeah. But dating's a interesting um, thing to try to do. In general, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever like go on any like? How do you how do you meet guys now? Anyways, um, so since I've moved here, I've been working most of the time. But I have this. Do you know the dating app called Raya? I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. Don't you have to like be accepted to go on it yeah. or something? So my I had friend, a friend who like wasn't accepted and she was like, very upset about it. Yeah. The reviews um, are horrible because it's only people who didn't get accepted, and so they're yeah, just of like course. they're like this thing sucks. Like I hate this site or this app. 
Um, so my friend knows the person who ran it, and she just like got me in. And so what? What exactly like? What are the parameters that one must meet? So I think do you know it's what like, it is, or are they just like look at you like yes, yes, no, yes, no. It's for people who like you could get on it. Like it's for mm-hmm. people who are influential, or you know, like Reese Witherspoon is on there and stuff. Okay, like just famous actors, people mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry and stuff. People who and don't want to be set up with the plebs. <laughs> they can't really go on Tinder. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because, I mean, can you imagine what would happen if Reese Witherspoon was on Tinder? Would, people wouldn't believe it. It would shut Tinder down. Yeah. Like, it would break it. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, but people also... I remember Tasha Rain was on tw- Tinder, and I was like, how is that working for you? Because I feel like there's no way you're, like, not going to have guys know who you are. Yeah. I actually I don't think I ever asked her how that went. I'll have, to, I'll have to ask her next time I see her. I just, like, imagine how I see that is just, like, a girl's, like, sitting in a chair, and all of a sudden, it just is, like, raining hot dogs down on her. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the visual I get of that. <laughs> oh, all the dicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I've been on Raya, and it's been fun. It's been really interesting. I was going to say, so you've probably been able to meet some, like, cool people. Yeah. Like, what kind of people have you met? They can't all, they're not, they're not all, like, famous people. Um, yeah, just, like, people who are doing stuff. Like, a lot of people who work in theater, um, mm-hmm. and, or, you know, directors, or a lot of mostly entertainment industry mm-hmm. there's like i think one other person i saw that was a pilot or mm-hmm. something and um so they just generally look for people that are kind of like successful maybe in their field and so yeah. like people who are established successful in their field yeah totally have you know like good footing are and are yeah just like going places who they are mm-hmm. yeah 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 and then there's like a lot um i think the it seems like the women are mostly just like Instagram famous women, mm. which is funny. Yeah, like the pool is just like it's like oh okay. I mean they're all still super hot. Yeah, like, and they're probably cool. So, um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting and it's also fun hearing like overhearing people talk about it in cafes and they're like I just got accepted into Raya and it's like this <laughs> thing and I'm like oh my god yeah but it's mostly like it's like getting the Instagram um, check mark. Yeah, like the totally. verified thing. It's You're like, like did it's you just, hear? It's I'm just like Raya. a thing. Like people yeah. are like, yeah. Um, but it's been fun, and like you know, I talked to some interesting people. Like the lead singer of Weezer is on mm-hmm. there, and so we like plan to go bowling. It never happened, but most of the most of the things on there, people are super busy. So yeah. we're just like, hi, hi, and then we walk away. That's kind of how that goes, you know. That's interesting, actually. I didn't think about that, but that totally makes sense because people who it's like it's funny you set up this dating app because you don't have time to go out and meet people. But then it's all people who don't have time to go out and meet people, and, you put and them who all don't in one have time. Spot. Yeah, they don't have time for each other to date, anyways. So all these people who don't have time to date are all on this one app. So then, like nobody ever ends up going yeah. on a date. So it's just a lot of people being like, "You look cool." It's like an cool L- It's an LA thing. It's like let's get together. Yeah, we totally should get together, and like no one yeah. ever does. Well, it's, it's like kind the of fake- the most LA app ever. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, I, was, I like it. I um I met my boyfriend by the time that came around, so I never got to experience the rejection of applying and not getting accepted to Raya. So. Yeah. And I actually met my boyfriend on Tinder, funny enough. Yeah. So Sometimes it just works out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you would never know. And a lot of times, like for me at least, like people don't like know who I am. So like I'm not like right. recognizable. So I don't think I got anybody. I actually got one person who only recognized me because they like knew me through like something else. Right. So, but that was uncomfortable because then I swiped left on them. And um, then they hooked me up through Facebook, and they were like, "Oh God!" Like, don't you want to go out? I'm like, clearly, like I didn't swipe right. Yeah. And then Tinder set me up with my ex-husband. It did not. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it matched <gasps> us. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> like we already tried this and it didn't work. <laughs> nice try, Tinder. Yeah, nice, nice try. try. Thanks, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. So um, let's get back to your porn career. Yeah. Um, so what are some any recent scenes or movies that you're really proud of that you feel like your fans should go check out? Um, well, most recently, um, I took like a two or three month hiatus and mm-hmm. I'm just getting back into LA and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, most recently, I did uh, digital productions. Um, it's called The Bewitcher, mm-hmm. it's a parody of The Witcher. Digital productions? Digital or playground. Digital playground? I think I was... Yeah, Digital Playground. I'm like, Digital Productions? No, not Digital Productions. Digital Playground. Digital Playground, okay. Did The Bewitcher. Okay. And um, I'm one of the main characters, and it's awesome, and so you should check out The Bewitcher. It's uh, like a three-part series, Mm -hmm. and it's on their website, 
It's super cool. Uh, I have some CGI in there. Are so. you are you a witch? I'm. Assuming? I'm a sorceress. Yeah. Oh. So Jennifer. Well, I think they call me Jennifer for this. Okay. But yeah, long black hair and like this big um like feather like thing around my neck and oh wow and then I like shoot balls of blue magic at people. It's pretty oh, cool. Wow. Like yeah, we did that for when I shot Quest for Digital Playground. They did that CGI stuff where we yeah. shot like fireballs at people. Really and I remember exciting. shooting it at the time and I'm thinking I thought to myself, I'm like, this is gonna look so stupid. This is so dumb. And then when I cool. saw it, I was like, it looks so good. Yeah. I was so surprised. And I did a Mortal Kombat um scene for them too. Same thing like just adding the sound effects in and everything and like yeah. all that made such a difference. I was so, so shocked. I was like, this looks fucking legit. Hell yeah. And that was like my first experience with like C- uh, any kind of like CGI or anything, but it was really cool. Cool. Yeah. I love it. I love CGI in general. Like I love that. Who look, else so. is in the scene? Um, there is Danny. Um, oh my God. What is his name? English dude from. Oh, Danny D. Danny D. Yeah. Like and- Matt, the biggest dick ever. Yeah, he's slightly like, intimidating. Oh my god! And he's this it was skinny bigger. white dude, and his dick is fucking huge, huge. bigger than my arm. Yeah, like, no, it's not with mad. my hand. But it's like, honestly, I think it might be the biggest white dick I've ever seen, and I've yeah. seen a lot of dick. It's like I'm pretty sure it's the biggest white dick I've seen. Yeah, long skinny guy. Yeah, gigant. It was. I was. It's so big. Yeah, and Ella Hughes. Okay, uh, redhead. Do you know her? Yeah, I do. I haven't so worked with pretty. her, but I know who she is. Yeah, I adore her. So that was really fun, and um, it was we shot it in um, Wales. Oh my gosh! So you got to travel out there to shoot? Yeah, that is awesome. Actually, I like guess a, that makes sense. Danny probably directed it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he does all that shooting out in England. Yeah, we shot in like a ancient monastery in Wales. Wow. It was awesome. Wow. So that was really neat. Yeah, he's he gets some fucking sick locations out mm-hmm. there. Like every time I see something that he's directed out there in England, they are always able to get really cool locations and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that that doesn't it was surprise me. Really special. I was yeah. like really That's excited amazing. about that. And uh, I went, the other day I did a scene for Swallowed, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's going to be out. And did Mike did Mike direct that? Adriana, Adriana, yeah. Mike Adriana. I'm so okay. bad at names. I'm sorry. I'm just okay. like, what are their names? I know their names. <laughs> yeah, Adriana. Okay. And um, so that was cool. And what are your favorite kinds of scenes to do? Um, well, I like stuff like um, The Bewitcher, like where mm-hmm. it has. Um, an element of like acting and I don't know, like that sort line. of thing. A storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you like features? I, I love features. Okay. I like love features. If I could do features all the time, I would. It's <laughs> funny because it's definitely like some girls who fucking hate them. I know. I'm and always like, I'll trade you. Them. Like, I love my normal scenes too, but like, I would trade like. It's understandable. Features are long. They're yeah. long, long, long days, and you're and no one gets paid anymore. I'm such a masochist. So I'm just like, yes, just keep me. On I know, set. but you like being on set all <laughs> yeah, day, so that, that's you. Me, I'm just like, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are just like, no, and I just like get a kick out of it. I don't know. Yeah, so. it's. I mean, it can be a really fun like social scene, especially if you've got like a really fun crew. Like when we shot Couples Vacation, that mm-hmm. was really fun. You know, yeah. When Everybody the, there was super cool. Yeah, when people aren't time. vibing, it can get kind of like rough. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I think those are the two that come to mind. And um, you were a penthouse pet. Yes. Oh, I'm shooting for penthouse really soon. Which oh, cool! I'm super excited for. And um, yeah, there's some fun stuff coming up with penthouse soon um, to keep an eye out for. But I was the penthouse pet of June of last year, and um, I think um, Gita Valentina is the pet of the year this year, which is really cool. Oh my gosh, so that's, that's amazing! Yeah. Um, Goodness, and what else is with my porn career? I'm like, I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I know, right? It's hard. It's, <laughs> it's like, like it all just kind of yeah, meshes into both. I like wrote things down today, and I'm still just like, what is this peak? I like your little notebook, too. Thank you. It's very yeah. pretty. Um, well, people can follow you on your yeah. social media and find out what you're doing, so why don't you tell us all where, where that is? Yeah, so you can find me on my Twitter at uh, Glass Olive, and on my Instagram is Glass Olive as well. And there's no underscore or anything, right? No, I changed it. So it used to be like olive underscore glass underscore. And people were like, why do you do this to us? (laughs) (laughs) So so I just changed everything. All my platforms are now glass olive, so you can find me super easily. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. It was so nice to see you. It was so good to see you, too. to sit down and learn all about you. And congrats Mm -hmm. on your pilot's license. Thank you. That sounds really fun. Sounds like somebody needs to, like, do a shoot of you in, like, an airplane or something like that. Oh, my God. Like a sexy cockpit. Amelia Earhart 
porno. Oh, you would look so great too with like your hair short like that. Do you hear that, guys? Dude, I actually have happen. a fucking outfit. I have like do a you? Mid- yeah, I do. Oh my god, wait, can we like shoot that? Yeah, but we gotta get a plane. Uh, Where are we gonna get a plane? That's a I problem. Can ask my instructor. <laughs> ask him. Let's I do know, it. I will actually. I, I have a school, and I could just be like. I bet I could just like rent a plane for a couple of hours if I keep it on the ground and we're shooting in it. Yeah, we're not gonna shoot. We're not gonna shoot it. In let's the go. Air. Let's do. Sh- <laughs> let's shoot a porn in the air. Yeah, we're not. We're not gonna do like a fucking Tory Black on a helicopter like over LA. I don't have. No, that. thank you. I don't thank have. You. I can't fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that would be really fun. Let's, that would. I've it. always wanted to do a, a shoot on a plane, but it's like it's so hard. Yeah. To find a plane that like you can first of all that will let you shoot in a hangar. Yeah. And then also too like you can afford and usually. Like you know, in a, a day I have to shoot like three or four sets, so it's like I need eh. a place that I can get all this variety. And right. so it's always well, you know, Mosh, right? Mm-hmm. Of um, yeah, she's a friend of mine, and I, I remember um, seeing one of her photos like years ago of her posing with the plane. She has her license as well. Mosh does. Yeah, and she's one of the people who inspired me as uh, a model to get my pilot's license because I was like, that's so fucking I had no idea that Mosh had a pilot's license. Her and I are going to be flying together soon. Oh my God, that's amazing. She hit me up and she's like, I want to be your second pilot. (laughs) Give her my love. I love Mosh. She's like one of the best, if not the best models I've ever shot in my life. She's so fucking incredible. She's like... She's otherworldly. Like yeah. her skills are just like through the roof. Yeah, she's just like she's not even real. Like yeah. she's like one of those people that like I send her I send pictures of her to my retoucher and my retoucher's like, Why? I don't why? Need this. I don't need there's like <laughs> literally I got nothing to do. Like why she send this to yeah. me? There's like it just like puts like a little portraiture on her, like one percent. Okay. She's yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. But you are too. Thank and you. We're so happy to have you here, <laughs> and I'm thrilled that you came on. And everybody, make sure that you go check her out on her social media at Glass Olive. Glass Olive on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. And do you have an OnlyFans or anything like that? I do not have an OnlyFans. I will be having a website soon, but it's oh, not good. Yet. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're building a website. Yeah, content. All right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You so. definitely want to do that. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. You can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Or if you don't have the money, you can always just go to um, the iTunes store, rate and review me. That would make me so happy. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Olive is definitely a girl who is more active than I expected. I was so incredibly impressed by how every year she challenges herself. She wants to conquer one of her fears and she actually goes through with it. I think that's an incredibly commendable thing. Um, I love that she is applying for a pilot's license, that she's doing so many other things with her life besides porn and that she's using the funds that she's making in porn to actually do things outside of the industry that she really wants to do. And I just think that's amazing. And I think that um, she's a great role model for girls in the industry. And she's obviously got her head on straight. So thank you, Olive, for coming in. It was lovely to see you. And next week on Holly Randall Unfiltered, I have the podcast duo from Sex Talk with My Mom. That's Karen Lee and Cam Potter. And they are a mother and son duo who have a very popular podcast. It was actually named one of the top sexuality podcasts by Esquire Magazine in 2017. And they've had um, a lot of really great guests on, including myself, obviously, and um, as well as some other people that I have also interviewed. And they're just really, really fun. And I think that we're going to have a blast And you definitely don't want to miss it. So tune in next week for Karen Lee and Cam from Sex Talk with My Mom on Holly Randall Unfiltered.